You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Wow, how about that, guys? We have brand new intro music. Welcome to the 39th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, the Cross Nationals debacle slash racing episode. I am Tim Hayes, coming at you in lovely Venice, Florida, not to be confused with Venice, Italy. Yes, or <laughs> Venice, California. I'm I'm the little guy. I'm in uh, Murfreesboro, Arkansas, near the lovely Crater of Diamonds State Park. And I didn't find a single diamond, so I'm still not rich. That's a bummer. I'm yeah, in Boston, it's... and there are also no diamonds here. <sighs> yeah. Who, who, yep. who are you? Who am I? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a name? I'm pretty sure yeah, you, you guys do. both know who I am. And I'm yeah, feeling a little for... insulted. I've known you guys for over 10 years now. For over 439 we... listeners, there may be we... some new people that don't know yeah, who and you I've... are. We we started messaging together over ten years ago, and I've known you ever since, despite you idiots moving out of states and all kinds of things. I just always so, called you that grumpy guy that did crosswords by himself. <laughs> I didn't know your name. Well, anyway, that's good. My name is Spencer, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and I have no diamonds, but I am feeling sexy because our intro is awesome. Yeah, the, nice. the new intro is pretty great, uh, and you're the one that hooked us up with it. Uh, I fantastic. did. I did. Yeah, I, uh, the music for anyone interested uh, uh, is by uh, a DJ uh, goes by the name BK1. He's from Ryan Sayers Entertainment out of Minneapolis, and uh, he's a super nice guy and friend of the podcast. All right, guys. So the biggest topic we have to talk about is the USA Cycling Cyclocross National Championships asterisk in Austin, Texas, this past weekend and Monday. So, um, <laughs> and Monday, perfect. So, I think that the way we need to break this conversation down for our listeners is we'll talk first about the debacle. And we are obviously experts that were on the ground there and know everything mm. about it, nothing but facts. That's true. And then, yeah. and then we will talk about the actual racing, which across the board looked pretty fantastic. The course did look pretty amazing on both. Um, days from pictures I saw on the age group racing to the w- watching the uh, the end of the men's race today, the course did look pretty amazing with some awesome features like those lime rock stairs and whatnot. So yeah, um, but it is pretty funny when Austin, Texas, was named the national championship host. Remember how everyone was like, "It's the weather. It's going to be dusty. It's going to be a grass crit. It's going to be like Cross Vegas." And then mm-hmm. look at what we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those people obviously don't know anything about weather, but yes. <laughs> So, um, where do we want to start first? Of course, the news is everyone that's listening to this podcast knows that Cyclocross Nationals was first canceled on Sunday, and then the city of Austin, Texas, came to their senses and uh, rescheduled for Monday after concern over the roots of the heritage trees in the big park. Did they ever? Did they? Was there a point? I didn't know. Was there a point where they were just going to cancel it all together and just say yeah. no? Or yes, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even get to that part. So, the city of I, I Austin, Texas. 
Yeah, so when people started to show up to get their camps all set up for the big day, the cops yeah. were there at the entrance saying the event is canceled and we're turning people away. And USA Cycling was trying to negotiate that apparently. And it seems that at that point they finally talked the city of Austin into allowing it for Monday. Of course, Lance Armstrong made a phone call. That was the big joke on the internet that Lance Armstrong called somebody at the <laughs> higher up at the Austin Parks Department. And they yeah. decided to compromise with a rerouting of the course. And of course, this gets to the bigger question that I'll leave to you guys is who's really to blame here? Is it 100% the city of Austin? As USA no. Cycling seems to be putting it on. Does yeah. a majority of the blame let rest with USA Cycling for just a failure to communicate and come up with contingency plans? Or is it just a combination of all three, the promoter, USA Cycling, and the city of Austin, Texas? It's probably a little of all three of everybody, but I, 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 more's got to go with USA Cycling. I mean, they need to obviously tell, you know, whatever city they're working with, what, what's going to happen so that no matter what, the cities are okay with it, you know? They need to know what, how bad it's going to mess the place up. Yes. <laughs> what, yeah. what do you, th I, Spencer, go ahead and then I will interrupt. Uh, I was just going to say it's, it's, <sighs> The fact that they're trying to blame the city of Austin or the park department or the tree people or the arborists or whoever they're trying to pass the blame to, you know, they all did affect the event and the race. But at the end of the day, USA Cycling is is the body that okayed this event. Like they didn't – they signed off. They allowed those people – they put them in a position to be able to screw up the event. Um, and, and that – all the responsibility at the end of the day lies with USA Cycling, in my opinion. Um, they should have. There should have been a trial event there. That, you know, I know it might not have been pouring rain that day, but at least the neighborhood and the tree people, everybody, the park would know what to expect. You <laughs> I know what I mean, like, interruption one. I just like calling them the tree people. They awesome. are tree people. Um, uh, secondly, I do. I don't know if the test event would have been ideal. I I can't figure out and i can't understand why if these trees were so valuable to the community then also to the city of texas or austin texas why they didn't just route the the course away from the the trunks because they well, talked it was a critical root zone inside the canopy exactly yeah. and, that's and that's where that's like, where a test event would have made a difference regardless true. of there's, rain they'd have been like so wait 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 we can't park. be that close to these trees you yeah know? like they don't need to go near them like why do they it's, like I don't – that's the part that really gets me and it sounds like today's course they didn't even really have to do that many changes to. Granted, it dried out a lot. You know, it was 60 degrees today. It, you know, like there's probably – it wasn't as muddy because it was a torrential downpour. Let's not forget that. But, you know, it just frustrates me that, you know, USA Cycling didn't seem to have like take willingness to take any of the blame on this no absolutely not and, and that's that's no. what sucks is yeah. they they posted this big facebook thing and they basically mentioned everyone except for themselves and they just said we apologize again for the inconvenience today's events have caused and that's it was way more than an inconvenience like people spent all year training for this event paying their coaches every month buying equipment buying flights buying hotel rooms like not just that weekend, you know what I mean? Like USA Cycling ruined people's entire year. You know what I mean? Well, here's the you know, I understand. <laughs> I'm serious. I understand the difficulty. Oh, yeah, kind of, but yeah. I understand. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just because you don't have a coach. 
I understand the difficulty. <laughs> I understand the difficulty of being a promoter and getting venues and whatnot. The the it just how this is the national championships. Adam Meyerson said it best when one of his early tweets in the morning. He was probably just rolling out of bed at you know when he saw this, and all all he tweeted was Crossnats uncancelable. Like like there's no way you can cancel the Cyclocross National Championships. You just can't do it. And then obviously it didn't get canceled. They compromised and it was a Monday. But man, like, how is this not on the horizon? And secondly, let's get to the other issue. Tim Johnson has pointed out. You're having all these age group and non-championship races on the same track as the as the national championships. That's going to cause some problems. Four days of racing leading up to nationals may have been the real culprit here because they yeah. were digging up the course. Which then also adds to the next question. Didn't USA Cycling and the promoters see that happening and the city of Austin see that happening and say, like, hey, guys, yeah. on Saturday we should make some changes Saturday night so you're not running the same track? Yeah, I don't understand yeah. how we didn't find out that there were any problem with the course until Sunday morning. That's Because, that's because the- obviously whoever in Austin – like, one, if you're the arborist in Austin – you're not down there on tree on people. Saturday. The tree people. The tree, people. Tree, tree people. You're not down. You're not down there every day. And and two, they go down there and they just freak out probably. Yeah. And obviously, they don't give a. They don't care about the cross nets. Why should they? It's like right. Like the day after cross nets, what do they care? All they know is that they're going to get in trouble because some trees died. You know, yeah. so they don't care if they cancel the event. But obviously, USA Cycling should have like been. Yeah, just worrying about things like that, considering the fact that they're destroying half the park. If the trees are that valuable, then don't race near them and don't approve a course that goes near them. That's what I do. You actually do you actually think the tree the tree people, as we'll call them, were consulted in any fashion about that? I I heard the city arborist did sign off on the course. That's um, that was from a uh, someone had a like a, a blog post, so it must be true. Regardless, <laughs> oh, it was the uh, Friends of the Heritage Trees of Austin or whatever. They put it in one of their blog posts about how the city arborist signed off on it, but it was only one person. Like, I just – it's it's extremely frustrating, and it sounds like these, oh. you know, these Friends of the Heritage Trees voiced their concerns a couple – like a day into the event. So you think that you could have taken that into consideration being like, oh, there's a lot of rain coming. Like, like this rain wasn't unsurprising. That's why I was saying Zach McDonald last week – was going to be one of the best racers because I knew it was going to be a mud fest because I can read the weather report. Hmm. Well, you're a genius. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, so they don't have the, weather reports. The at all. thing about it is, is that there really shouldn't be a nationals on a course that's never been raced before. I mean, at or at a park that's untested, like you can flush out. You're never going to solve every problem, right? Like Louisville Worlds, like who knew that was going to happen exactly? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, I think everybody the park, knew. I think the everybody park floods, knew. you know what I mean? But we've raced there before kind of thing. <laughs> Dude, they so, brought in the Army Corps of Engineers to solve that problem. That was yeah, awesome. Well, that was because they put it on the wrong date, but we knew the park would work. You know what I mean? Like, we knew we yeah. could have a race there. <laughs> we knew the parking situation was fine. We knew the venue was fine. Like, this, none of that was tested before. You well, know? They also and did, it failed. They also did and get and what's rain. most disappointing is that coming up now we've got Reno and we've got uh, Hartford that I don't know if they've done races there or not yet. So Well, Asheville has. So Asheville I, I didn't mention Asheville. Know, but my point is <laughs> our friends at Reno Cross Nationals still have plenty of time to put together some events. And I'm and I'm same with Hartford. But here's yeah. the thing. Is it 
the whole debacle was a mess. And I, Jeremy Powers, who won today in convincing fashion, even admitted as much, is that, you know, he kind of lucked out with the change of conditions. The conditions definitely favored him today versus what would have happened yesterday with just that mud fest that would have happened. And, yeah. you know, there's that. Then let's also talk. There's 59 juniors that did not start in really? any of those races. Wow. Yeah, there's 59 kids that parents either paid money to get there or, you know, put together the time and energy to get their kids to the race and they weren't able to race today. You had eight mm-hmm. DNN, eight did not starts in the women's race, including Meredith Miller, who had to uh, um, fly back early to Europe, correct? I think she and, was injured. Uh, well, oh, that's Actually. right. She had the ankle. Uh, thank you for the correction. It was just. The overall, the whole situation was a uh, was a complete nightmare. But at the end of the day, there was racing, and we we can talk about that um, coming up here. Do you guys have anything else to add about this uh, mess in Austin to always be remembered? I'm mad at USA Cycling because I didn't get to watch it. So mm-hmm. yeah, what the hell, USA Cycling. I'm I sure the numbers numbers were down. I'm sure that no, they, they said I, that. The video numbers were up like record numbers because everyone was at work <laughs> watching. I'm sure. Nice. I'm sure that well, that's probably true. We all got to watch opposite. that live feed of uh, no one standing around the the course, so that was kind of sad. Oh. Well, guys, before we get to the um, racing and talking about some of the highlights of the weekend, I do want to read. We got three great reviews on um, iTunes. Anyone, you go to iTunes, just Google or just search the Slow Ride Podcast. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud. Really appreciate leaving those reviews because it really helps us with the rankings and getting more people to find us. So um, from I'm Loving It, we have, well, since Creed stopped putting out consistent content, I had to switch over to this Cat 4 Fever level podcast. Honestly, though, though, great way to get your fix on the cycling world while being productive at my work desk. Thank you for comparing (laughs) us to Michael Creed. yeah, that's just amazing. So thanks for that five star review. That was great. Do you think you know? Do you think that person really likes McDonald's a lot? Must must. You know, Michael Michael Creed's head is bigger than all three of ours put together. That's, <laughs> that's probably why he's so smart. I've oh. seen. I've seen. No, him, it's true. I think. It's true. Really? As a former helmet helmet sponsor of him, I can. Oh, you do custom mold. Custom he's mold. A giant melon. Yeah. So uh, we got we got another review. This one's from uh, Groover08. Who writes, I'm on my trainer writing this right now. Thanks for an excellent <laughs> podcast. It's on my rotation from now on. So I've got a couple of things to say about this review. One oh. is, man, if you're on your trainer tweeting or, uh, you know, able to then search for this podcast, write a review, you're not going fast enough. We need intervals. That's we true. Need more watts. Mm. But at the same time, that is classic slow ride podcast material to, to be listening to us while you're on your trainer, probably playing a video game. You know, you know what's funny I hope is this supposed to be at work too. <laughs> there's actually an article right now on Vela News uh, about it's called Eleven Tips for Productive Trainer Time, and I just quickly scanned through it, and there's nothing about podcasts on there. So what? I don't know if he's doing it right, but I do appreciate See, it. You know what I watched last time I was on the trainer was the, um, the Freshman with Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. wow. you yeah. know I know what I watched last really time I was good, on the trainer, good trainer video. was a Minnesota that. Vikings playoff game. So, <laughs> was, was like, wow! <laughs> so, so guess how long ago that was? <laughs> Zing! Nice. All right. Uh, in our final review, uh, this term comes from K Bangs. These are three very knowledgeable folks on all topics cycling and add a bit of humor to the mix unlike other cycling podcasts 
you won't find any stuck-up talking heads here. No, you will find insight of the cycling culture with a bit of focus on racing, especially cross. If you like to go for a ride and eat tacos afterwards, this podcast is for you. If you stuff, <laughs> if you stuff your cycling shorts for a bigger bulge, then you should look elsewhere. Keep up the great work. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that, that 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 may be the best review we've ever gotten. Um, but if we're talking about stuffing the the cycling shorts for a bigger bulge, I don't like. I'm trying to think of the mechanics of that. Like, would you really want to stuff your cycling shorts for a bigger bulge for when you're on the bike? Wouldn't that increase chafing? Wouldn't you want to like uh, wait till you're off the bike? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of. I think that's yeah. for the cafe stop. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, cafe. I think that's for the stop. Speaking that's of, how I would do it if I of, would ever do that. Well, well, little guy, we all have, um, you know, little known secret for most folks is that when you're riding in that below zero or below freezing weather that yes. races Minnesota, and sometimes you yeah. forget to wear your windproof uh, bib knickers, uh, sometimes that cutting wind gets through right where you uh, yeah. need to add some layers. So usually you can go to the Caribou Coffee Shop, get a Ziploc bag, maybe an old bread bag. And, uh, I've... I've gotten desperate before. I've I've actually eaten a cliff bar. I've actually I think I threw away the cliff bar just to use the wrapper to stuff well, the, down the shorts. The problem is so the cliff bar wrapper is really good for that application it's, in the cold. Really but you can't eat a cliff bar under about twenty five degrees because it's, it's, it's true. It's rock solid. They freeze quicker than anything. Well, I just Man, I don't know if if using a Cliff Bar is really the best thing down there, Spencer. It's a kind it, of a it, sharp wrapper. I'm more of a fan of the uh, the bread bag. It was the only <laughs> option. It was mid ride. I was I was caught off. I don't know what I was thinking. You were caught off guard. Yeah, uh, it needed to be done. It saved the day. Let me say. Anyway, if I ever have children, I'm gonna name them Cliff. Thanks for those three great reviews. Um, <laughs> All also, of them. anybody? I have one Cliff too. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Junior. Cliff, Cliff Bar. Junior. Cliff. You know Bar. we're. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The podcast is uh, averaging well over 400 listens every week now. Um, things are looking really up, so you can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read your emails on the air. Uh, yeah. Later on, we're going to get to the Twitter love. We've been getting lots of Twitter love uh, throughout. Always contact us. We, we'll read anything. Uh, We've thanks got, for those reviews. We're full of great advice, too, so don't feel, yeah. you know, don't feel like you can't ask us questions. Um, you know, let us know. I mean, I think I'm definitely probably the the peak advice giver, but um, you know. Yeah, you're a genius. You're the loudest <laughs> advice giver. You want to know yeah. why I'm the loudest? You um, have your because you're recording this, so you yeah, just turned like, yourself up the loudest. Yeah, it's like some uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, style. Just turn up the mic. Yeah. So, gentlemen, let's get to the actual racing um, of cyclocross Nats. We can go kind of through the age groups. I don't know exactly everything, but I do want to point out two things that stick that stuck out for me. Um, the first thing, obviously, was friend of the podcast, Ryan Woodall, taking home the 30-34 to 34 Masters Championships. Ryan Woodall is a pro privateer uh, professional mountain biker out of Ocala, Florida. He's the Florida State Cyclocross Champion and came out of nowhere for the cycling community, the cyclocross community, to win that race. But those of us in the know here in Florida, and then, of course, uh, Spencer and uh, Little Guy, you've heard of him and you've met him. That mm -hmm. not a very surprising win for us. This is a guy that has been in the top five of many mountain bike national races uh, through the years and wins in a great fashion. And it was awesome to see. I was just yeah. so stoked. It was. You were I was very stoked. stoked. Yeah. And seems seems pretty great result for a good guy. So and oh and it, you know he's got a great video. We'll add that in the show notes um, from uh, Cyclocross Magazine where he is just 
you can see the genuine excitement coming through on the interview of him winning. And he's acknowledging the fact that he's from, you know, Florida and he doesn't really get to race in these big races. I mean, he won the state championships in Florida and there's five guys in the field. So think about that for a second. <laughs> and when you compile all of that, you know, his ranking, therefore, his uh, cross results ranking and his USA cycling ranking, they predicted him to finish 17th and uh, 16th and 15th, respectively. And it just shows that when you're in these small communities and you don't have a lot of racers to race against, it actually is uh, detrimental to your ranking. And so it's going to hurt you. So he would need yeah. to travel to really increase his points. But, uh, man, it was really awesome to see that. So. Congrats to Ryan Woodall. A um, little disappointed there wasn't a podium bucket at Nationals, but they probably have rules against that kind of junk. Probably. They probably need to. <laughs> um, and then the other news that I, I want to point out is uh, to us, a friend of the podcast and a fr friend of ours in Minnesota Cycling, CJ Faulkner, once again proves to be the most unlucky man in cycling when he was caught behind that crash in the Masters 40 to 44 is I, th I think that's his age. And there's this mega crash where a guy just crashed out the field. Like there's no reason for why really? this crash happened. And yeah. CJ was right behind it. And there's a photo where you see CJ right before impact. Like you see yeah. this guy sprawling out in front of him. Well, and you're just like, I, I think you failed to mention that this was probably within the first 10 feet of the race. Yeah. And oh, this, really? And this, happened, and this happened to him at the USGP a few years ago yeah. um, when yeah. he got run into the barriers and, I mean, CJ is an awesome dude, and man, he was going to have a good result. I could feel it. So it just shows yeah. you what can happen in the amateur ranks. Is there anything else in the amateurs that you guys wanted to talk about, or that you guys saw I or think, witnessed? I think I saw. I think I saw Josh Bauer got like seventeenth or something. Single speeds. That was a good ride. He did. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. How something about like that, that single speed field? Oh man, were they? Yeah. Was that stacked or what? Even Myers. It was a really stacked field. So I was. I was pretty proud to see local guy get 17th. That was nice. That made me think maybe I could have got 25th. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my roommate raced that race, got 7th. So that was pretty good. Yeah. I, was, I was excited about that. Um, and uh, and friend of the podcast, Mo Bruno Roy, took home oh. the national championship yeah. on the women's side of things. So that was awesome to see as well. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, there was some controversy with uh, with the rule changes. A lot of the pro dudes, um, well, not a lot, but, you know, a handful of pro dudes took to the start line in a single speed race, uh, including Justin Lindeen, who took home the race. Um, and there was uh, there was some grumpy, grumpy gusses in, yeah. in the single speed world, kind of talking about pros, poaching their scene and and just trying to win a jersey and. Um, I hope Lindine doesn't take home the tattoo, too. <laughs> oh, I just love that. Isn't that a funny joke? Yeah, it's hilarious. Okay. So, yeah, Meyerson was getting some hate, and then he only got seventh, and he was, like, honored that people were, like, thinking he was going to take the jersey. Like, he yeah. saw how strong that field was. Yeah. Really so, it's, uh, I mean, that's one of those things. These single speeders are going to have to get used to everyone wanting to rock the one cog because <laughs> it's awesome, A, and B, hey, man, they're not going to let them do master's races to warm up, then what other option is there? You know? yeah, doesn't that make sense? I mean, it allows, I mean, it's pretty actually smart for those pros to go out there and maybe run a few laps on the single speed race. Even if, yep. I mean, obviously you're going to try to win, but you know, even do some hard laps on real course conditions until they change the course at the last yep. minute. But you know, it, it does make sense. And you know, before we get to the big racing, you know, the, the other question is with all of these, you know, you had all the non-championship races too. I mean, you had 1500 people that were 
doing multiple laps on this course before you even got to the main day of racing, which are the juniors, 1718s, the U23s, and then the men's and women's elites. And those are the races that most people want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, right off the bat, juniors, uh, men, 1718, Gage Hecht won on his uh, moots. Gage, of course, won a big juniors race in Europe. Like this, this kid obviously has a huge future. Um, and then in the uh, uh, U23s, Ellen Noble uh, wins the women's uh, U23. And then Logan Owen took home his 10th national championship, which is very impressive in the uh, U23 men. Um, he even did the old uh, get off his bike, walk across the finish line with his bike above his head while he kissed the down two. Ooh, classy. But not to be outdone, Katie Compton, guys, dominates for her 11th yeah. national championship. And not surprised. It was Spencer, awesome. she Spencer, crushed it. Uh, she did crush it. And I know that I'm not trying to mock you in your 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 uh, prediction, but you were willing to go out on a limb and predict someone else. Uh, but Katie Compton won handily today. But your, your racer still did pretty well. I mean, I think, you know, someday Katie Compton will lose. Someday. Someday, not not real soon, but someday. <laughs> yeah. someday, someday when we're all in our forties, maybe. Possibly. What's uh, crazy about Katie Compton is that so many of those national championships, especially the the ones early on, like numbers one, two, and three, I believe, she had to win those from the very back of the start grid because she was not allowed to do any type of uh, UCI race to get the ranking points to move up because she was the blind pilot for the Paralympics. Uh, mm-hmm. That was two thousand eight. So she didn't really uh, get that opportunity to, you know, really race against top competition. So she was doing all of the uh, American Bike Racing Association races in uh, in Colorado, I believe, racing against the Cat 3 men. Um, and then she would have to line up in the back and, and would win. So hmm. crazy to see her continue on that type of dominance. So congratulations to, oh, to Pretty amazing. And then, of course, the men's uh, national championship, Jeremy Powers, and, of course, the our Friends over at Vela News had the headline, Austin Powers. Ah, uh, they had that saved oh. up for, yeah. since last year. You know oh, they yeah. did. Terrible. So Austin Powers, uh, so Powers wins. Um, it looked like, I mean, I didn't I didn't get to watch until the final four laps, and by that point, Johnny Page was already um, dispatched about 10 seconds back. Johnny Page did look like to bring him back pretty close in the second half of the last lap, only to pop again. Um, and then my man, Zach McDonald, I don't no word yet on if he took any beer hand ups. Did uh, <laughs> did come in a solid third place. But the it bigger was story, a solid third. It was a solid third. It was the a good race. The story is uh, Timmerman taking home fifth place on the steel bike. The Twitter fear, Twitter sphere was going nuts with the steel Richard Sachs frame taking yep. fifth place on a very strong. Yes. I was disappointed. I had him picked for third. I actually thought. I expected big things out of him, but fifth, know, is, fifth is good. Spencer, that was uh, – I, I didn't even know who Timmerman was. I'm not going to lie. I, I know, I of know course, Richard Sachs' team. And then when you when you put that on there, I was like, yeah, right. And I looked and I saw he was on the Richard Sachs team. I was like, yeah, steel bike. That would be awesome. And then he did it in fifth place. Like, congratulations for a good pick, Spencer. But, man, Timmerman, opening opening eyes and making mm-hmm. lots of fans mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. So, anyway. Anything else you guys want to add on the racing? Because I know you guys weren't able to really watch it because it was, a, was I. It was like I, I did. I did actually get to watch it. Um, I thought it was a great race, and, and you know, 
Uh, it played out well. It's too bad about John Page. He got a flat early uh, that I think created the gap that he just couldn't close then. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, know, conditions yesterday, I think, would have made for even more exciting racing. But uh, yeah. not to take I'm anything away from today. It was still great. But, eh, you know. Now, there's a lot of you guys, like, I know you, Spencer, in particular, and we don't need to get into specifics, but you're not a, you're not the biggest fan of Dave Tal as the announcer. I, <laughs> I have to say that the the coverage today, I really want to thank those guys at Behind the Barriers and all oh, the sponsors yeah. that actually make it happen. And, you know, it is easy to criticize a race announcer, um, but Tim Johnson should really be applauded for what he brings to it. I, oh, I he was, crushed it. Yeah. Like, what was nice about Tim Johnson was that he was obviously checking his Twitter, so he would like update little things that that he was coming across his Twitter line of what people were picking up and picking out where racers were. That was really awesome. And then Colt, uh, you know, Colt did a, a a great job again with the the interview at the end. It was hilarious as he's putting the mic in Jeremy Powers' face. Jeremy had to like push it away a little bit. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, you know, nothing for nothing. Dave Towel is. You know, he's a professional announcer. It makes a living going around to do professional bike races. And I thought the coverage was, was adequate from him. So, and I mean, that, that that's on me. I, 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 thought, I, thought, I thought it was decent, whoa, and I was happy that whoa. I got to see it. You forgot all about Nicole Duke. Maybe you didn't see her during the women's race, but she no, crushed it I, as well. Oh, man. Um, I'm she did a really good job. It. Yeah, ah. she, she did really well. She was on par with Tim Johnson there. Um, but Dave, man, he just blows smoke all day long he doesn't know anything about cross and you know he's a i'm sure he's fine at road announcing he's got the voice for it sure but man stop hiring him for cross events he's an idiot <laughs> and he's wow. just a doping apologist and a lance fanboy and i hate him <laughs> mm. so well, we don't need gonna... to get into specifics though my brother <laughs> yeah. really likes him so i think i should keep him okay i thought he, i thought he did a great job but we all have our opinions and, and that's that um, I, I don't want to say a great job, but he did a decent job. I, I had fun watching. Adequate. I think you said adequate. You said it best when you said adequate. Really adequate, made yeah. me okay. want to go back and listen to it. So, um, well, Cross Nats is in the book. Next year we're in um, Asheville, North Carolina. I hope you guys are able to make it down. I will definitely be there. Um, the Biltmore Estate, it is private land, so we're probably not going to see the chance of blow-in-the-wind politicians Bend at the need of the tree people. Um, in, <laughs> they probably got their own tree people. Well, They're I can only imagine pissed. the Biltmore estate having some uh, oh. crazy preservationists uh, on that uh, nonprofit uh, organization. But, you know, they have been tweeting that this is not going to happen at the Biltmore. So nice. I am excited for Asheville. Asheville's a great town. And then we go to Hartford, and guys, our prayers were answered with Reno. Winning the 2018 Cyclocross <laughs> National Championships, we can have we, a live podcast can, to do. Can we put an asterisk by that and say your dreams? Because yeah. I don't want to go to Reno. <laughs> uh, well, we've got Reno. a live podcast. They already they're already tweeting at us that they've well, got a venue. So this is this is the exciting idea. I think we should do a live podcast, but I think we should start next year at in Asheville. Uh, so maybe. if if you're in the Asheville area, or if you've been to the Asheville area. Let us know if there's a, a, a suitable, you know, venue um, that can hold our thousands of fans. And, can we just uh, do it in the Biltmore? I mean, I'm sure we could we could rent sure a room, room or something. <laughs> well, it's probably like there, a, like a, a phone party, like a dance hall. 
The Asheville phone, phone party. party. The Billsmore? Shop Kitty is putting together the Asheville phone party, and I'm sure we can uh, <laughs> maybe do some giveaways for for spots on the VIP list. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, so real exciting stuff. Um, but, yeah, Crossnats is in the books. Uh, let's get to some Twitter love. Hey, wait, wait, wait. We'll get to I have a cross. Right I have a Crossnats question. Oh, yeah, what's that? I don't know who won the French the French Cross Nationals. I've been out of the loop. I'm in Arkansas, for God's sakes. Well, we'll, we'll, get, French. Well, we'll, we'll get to that right after we get to the Twitter questions. I am Jake Wells. Listen to Slow Ride Podcast. So we have kind of a lot of interesting tweets over the last uh, week or so since we last recorded. Um, much of it around the debacle, so I don't need to go super in-depth there. But um, What are some highlights? Well, there was a good tweet that, uh, that said uh, we should have enough armo- ammo to arm a small country for the next Slow Ride podcast. Oh, that's really uh, so that was a good tweet from, uh, from John Time. Um, you know, a lot of requests for fat bike news, actually. Um, kind of. Uh, so I, did, I we did have a I thought a pretty funny tweet where I said, you know, I hope the folks in Ogden, Utah are taking note on mm-hmm. how to, you know, handle all the shredding that's going to happen at Fat Bikes Nats from at the Slow Red Pod. And, uh, you know, I didn't really get any favorites. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Well, <laughs> Someone made the joke that uh, uh, Iron Chef Minneapolis made the joke that uh, Fat Bike Nationals were going to be canceled because of too much snow. Um, when we we asked for ideas of what to talk about on this week's show, we got you know uh, D Trader saying all fat bike all the time, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so a lot of that. Our listeners are pretty tuned in to, to fat bike news and to um, you know. But uh, we did get an offer uh, for Mo Bruno, Mo, bleh, Mo Bruno mm. Roy to be a special guest on the show. Yes. Um, so that will be upcoming. We'll make that happen. And Can we talk – wait, I, this fat bike thing. I have a question. Fat bike national is coming and maybe well, one of our listeners have... can be the pro on this. Where, if you're going to fat bike nationals and you want to warm up and the course is closed, how do you warm up? Is there a fat bike trainer? Is there a trainer that can – Take in the the girth of those yeah. awesome tires, no. or do you have to go rollers? It's whiskey. Oh, like that's the training to warm up. That's the warm up. Yeah, isn't so it? There's no, there's it's no like trainer? a Saint Bernard kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just race the race with a little thing dangling around your neck that you can you little know flask. Yeah, so instead of a carry, probably. It's just like, so there isn't so. So if anybody has ever put a fat bike on their trainer, um, please send the photo and we'll get you on the VIP list for Asheville Phone Party uh, 2016. So, so the one last thing uh, um, that when we asked for ideas uh, to, about the show uh, for this week, we did get one person, uh, the lonely Justin Bristol out of uh, Savannah, Georgia, uh, requested Australian Road Nationals update. Well, and that leads right into that leads right into. Uh, should we talk the Austrian Road National uh, update, or is this the Australian? There's just a couple of letters that make a big yeah. difference. Uh, makes a huge difference, but not really because the same guy would probably win. So yeah, so, same how, time of the how year does though. This work. How does he this has work? dual citizenship somehow? So he can he? just choose. Like in the spring, he can go race for Australia. So. 
so we're talking about Heinrich Hausler. Um, Barbie. Former super sprinter, next uh, next Mark Cavendish kind of guy who flamed out famously a couple years ago. Hasn't really done anything since. Um, yeah. Switched nationalities uh, from German or Austrian or Swiss or whatever he was to... I think he's Austrian. Uh, to Australian... And uh, and he did win the uh, the road race there in a in a two up sprint I think it was so uh, congrats to him hopefully we'll see him uh, coming close to a Milan San Remo podium again um, back to his glory days. The only thing that I see that's comparable to this is do you remember when David Rebelin was not mm-hmm. going to be picked on the Italian team so he decided to cash in his uh, you know post World War II citizenship opportunities in Argentina. And he raced in Argentina, <laughs> and it was like it was really strange. And yes. so I, was, I, I couldn't think of nothing like that. And I'm, but then I think of uh, what is it, Yannick Erkman, uh, the cross racer for Cal yeah. Giant last year. That yeah. you know now is a U.S. citizen, but he had to race in the German under the German flag at the uh, World Championships a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, in Louisville. So kind of similar. So it does happen. But yeah, there's your. Uh, you know what's interesting is uh, I, I get that. Summer is a different time of year in Australia than it is most of the rest of the world. And the toilets flush backwards. Yeah, the toilets flush backwards. And frogs would ruin that place. One frog ruined. Well, they already have kangaroos. They're like giant fuzzy frogs. I know, but one one normal frog. Another – oh, man. But I'm I'm trying to ask about why all the other countries' road nationals are on one day except for Australia. And similarly, all the cross well, New Zealand uh, also is on the championships. Well, they're Australia. Um, all the cross national championships, including the U.S. now for the last few years, which is still a point of contention, they're all on the same day uh, or same weekend anyway. Except for Canada, who does theirs in like September. Well, Canada has a good reason. It would be too. It'd be terrible to be in Canada right now. It's just to be in Canada. Here. Yeah, it's but terrible they, everywhere. I mean, yeah, but That's it's point. really Man, bad in Canada. Do you have any idea what cross weather is like, little guy? Shut up. <laughs> real, <laughs> real cross weather? Like real cross weather? Like miserable yeah. Siberian cross weather. Cap- capital R? No, I'm pretty sure I do. I'm pretty well, sure I've had, to, I've had to use Cliff Bar wrappers to race cross. So, so there's this huge debate over whether Nationals should be in January or back in December like it used to be. And yeah. I'm just like, why isn't it just in September, man? Like, Canada's doing it right. Like... When is Canada though? It's it's in October, right? It's maybe in October, yeah. But it's early. It seems yeah. early in the season. Like everybody's going in good Winnipeg. in October. Why don't we just do it in October? Yeah. Then all well, the masters can race, and everybody will be happy. It's great. Hey, Winnipeg in October is January in Minnesota. <laughs> is is like the end of times in Austin, Texas. You know? Yeah, maybe. But you could actually train for nationals, little guy. I could still train for nationals. Remember when we went to nationals one time? Yeah, and a little bit for that. It was miserable. It was terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking so, of national championships, who did win the French national? Did PVP win the women's again? I'm assuming she did. She she over, did uh, win the women's. Carol and Manny. I saw a photo of her uh, on the podium there winning that. I I actually don't know who won the men's. Yeah, I don't know. Francis Moray did not more. win. That that'd be pretty shocking, right? Well, well, sometimes, you know, Gadre, my favorite French rider, comes out of his little weird cave where he hides that gold ring and 
and wins. <laughs> Gollum. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of a Gollum thing going on. Um, I don't well, know who won. As, as one of you guys are looking that up, uh, the, the other That's big news, of course, is, is Vander, Vanderpool and Vanderpool. Vanderhaar in uh, Denmark. Vanderpool and Vanderpool beat Vanderhaar. Yeah. And then what's his name? One in uh, Belgium, the uh, the weird guy that didn't come to the phone party. Van oh Horner. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was because yeah, he was disappointed. Of, oh. it, it, you know. Yeah. Did you guys watch that the Belgian race? I know I just said the suspenser. Tim, did you watch that? No, I did not. All right, just you. I don't know. I only watched the last lap, but that last lap was was like the best twelve minutes of bike racing I've watched in a really long time. It is well worth going and cycling fans or whatever. Finding okay. the video, um, just really good. You've got, you've got Van Vander Hart or whatever. You've got Peters. You got Ertz. Um, you got Musum. You got Sven. You got Paulins. All in the in the picture when that lap starts. You got oh, all really? the good guys there. Like when it starts, and it takes majority of that lap before the real separation starts. And then even then, like till pretty much till the end, you think it could come back together. It's well worth watching. It's really good. Right. Well, thanks for the recommendation. I'll definitely check it out. Um, Tour Down Under starts, I believe, next weekend. Um, do we want to talk about that? Oh, hold on. I'm yawning. Oh. Yeah, I don't really care. Oh, Yawns God. are contagious. I think we're all yawning. Um, there's your Tour Down oh. Under update. Um, Tinkoff on Twitter, uh, Oleg Tinkoff, had a pretty sweet little conversation with Jonathan Vodders when he told Jonathan – Vodders, I don't like your jersey. There's too much black in the Peloton. <laughs> and Vodders came what? back and and said something about how, like, you know, Cannondale uh, won't be disappointed to hear that Tinkoff didn't like it. And then Tinkoff, com- like, went back at him, something about, like, surprise Cannondale was still in business. Anyways, they were, like, just going back and forth. It was pretty hilarious. Like, obviously, there's no love lost between those guys. They probably get along fairly well. But it was pretty hilarious to see it all unfolding on Twitter. Um, and then Tinkoff's kits, they've been putting up some of those team photos with that heinous high-vis green-blue combo. Um, <clears throat> and oh my god, that thing is a sight for sore eyes. It is bad. Yeah, you can see it though. I agree with Tinkoff. Have you, no have black. You, Sick have of black you seen the Tinkoff kit though that they made for Peter Sagan? Oh yes. my God, it's awful! And they put him on the neon yellow bike with the shoes and the helmet yeah. and everything, and it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like they gave Tinkoff's four-year-old kid a box of crayons, and we're like, <laughs> well, they just hired a Russian. Russian. Come on, what you about, guys know they hired a Russian to do it. That's why it looks the way it looks. What oh. about? Yeah. That's oh, the classiest uh, thing that Russia's done in ten years. That might be true. Yeah. Oh man, they've had some bad kids over the years. What about the new uh, Trek Factory Racing kit? I actually kind of like it. I like that they, you know, they they got into the black game last year, and then with the pinstripes, and it was okay. I, I liked it when you saw the pinstripes in person. It was kind of hard to see from distance, but this year they've kind of gone a little bit radical. They have the all red bike, red bar tape, and everything, and then they've got white shoulder pads um, on their jersey. It almost looks like a Canadian football team jersey, and that it's all black with just the white. Um, Top third, but I, I like it. What do you guys think? I haven't seen it. I'm just imagining it from what you just described, and it sounds funny. <laughs> what do you think, Spencer? I mean, I think Lucas' <laughs> review is spot on, actually. 
<laughs> we yeah, should I do mean, we should do that where like one year all the new kits will come out i'll i'll seclude myself from the internet for a week and then you guys just explain the kits to me in like 20 words or less and i'll give nice. and i'll give a thumbs up or a thumbs you know, down we can we can almost do that next episode uh but yeah. no I i've seen you know, most of them though i've seen, seen most of them okay i um, haven't seen that uh that uh that uh the one that that your boy i don't never mind this story's not going anywhere go move okay. on all right. Uh, and then finally, uh, the only really other thing we have to talk about is uh, Bearded Wigo, who oh. is forming his own team. He's leaving Sky after Paris-Roubaix. Um, so lots to talk about here. We'll kind of keep it brief. But guys, does Bradley Wiggins have a chance to win Paris-Roubaix? I hope he does. I really you know, do. He's got, a, all... he's got a decent chance, I'd say. He's, yeah. It all comes down to how he shows up. You know, at the start line, um, if he shows up <laughs> clean shaven, he doesn't have a chance. You um, think the beard is where the power lies? If the freeloading, fun loving, bearded Wigo shows up, he's gonna crush it. He's gonna smash oh. dreams. I think you're opposite here because whenever we see Bradley Wiggins that seems somewhat like a normal human being, he sucks. And then when he like disappears for five months, he comes out. He weighs. He weighs like fifteen pounds. He has no body fat, and he crushes it. And yeah, and then and then he becomes like, a normal person again. It's a different no, kind of race. That's a different so, kind of race. So did normal people last year? This theory, this theory would be opposite if it was the Tour de France. Then if he shows up clean shaven, he's going to crush it. Well, what if he shows up with a beard, like he's just there for getting ladies' phone numbers. But French ladies' Wait, phone numbers. I, I'm confused. Real quick, time out. Little guy, when you're away for yeah. five months and you come back weighing only 15 pounds, you usually have a beard though, right? Like isn't that the whole point of going away for five months? Like you become mountain man? Because you live so, with the tree people. No, this isn't yeah. the way it works for Wiggins. I think it's the opposite. I think when Wiggins has a beard, it's because he's somewhat <laughs> of a normal person. When Wiggins doesn't have a beard, he's probably like he's sleeping 12 hours a day. He's on the Dewey Dicky diet. He shaves every bit of hair on his body so he's more arrow. Then he's crazy, yeah. and when he's crazy, he's fast. You don't need any of that for Perry Roubaix, though. So, okay, but then answer, answer my question. The, How the, much facial hair did he have last year at Perry Roubaix? Plenty. The The only question... I don't know. He was in <laughs> a good... Whoa. The only question is, is how bearded will Tom Boonin show up? Yeah, that's true. And uh, will he have hair on his head? Or does he have hair left on his head? Is he bald now? He's been going like he's been razoring it. It looks all shaven. Like but is that because it's been it's been receding and he doesn't Pretty he doesn't much. want? Yeah, <laughs> it's a good theory anyway. It's one of those one of those haircuts. Mm -hmm. It's okay. He can find a uh, lady friend through you know his team manager or whatever. It's all right because Quickstep yeah. already <laughs> Quickstep already has two clones of Boonin on their team that they gave other sort of Belgian names, but they're clearly <laughs> Tom Boonins. There's two of them. Yeah. Their is names are like, complicated to pronounce, though. They are like when, uh, who was the guy that got suspended and was racing under another guy's license? No, no, in, no. Uh, These are like, like actual. Oh, I know. But who was it? That was, was that? uh, that was that was what's his name? Dead man, Frank. Yeah, Fra Frank oh, yeah. Vandenberg, right? Like, like yeah. didn't he like like he started racing as Tom Boonin in Italy, like at Grand Fondos or whatever? <laughs> that made no sense because he wasn't even like there was no reason to do that. He wasn't banned or anything. Well, <laughs> he was just crazy. There was no reason for Tim Hayes to sign up as Tom Boonin at Jingle Cross several that years may have ago. Been, oh, guys, do you remember that? That So for the people listening at home, 
uh, this would be the last uh, story of the day, is that we were at Jingle Cross and the local TV news um, showed up to do an interview. And, uh, of course, they were like, what's your name? And I'm like, Tom Boonin. And uh, with my hope of that being underneath my name and then getting to watch the video coverage, I never saw the video coverage. I don't know if it happened, but Tom Boonin did get a call up uh, when, when they were sitting there because it was like pre-registration. Yeah, and, they used uh, to this... do – didn't they do it by order – alphabetical order or some crazy call-up <laughs> yeah. thing? Yeah, it was like alphabetical know. order and so they were like, Boonin, Tom. And then I'm like, I'm here. And then I went to the front and it – I got a good like 30 feet before the official kind of was like, wait a second. <laughs> yep. And then, and then our teammate proceeded to crash on the barriers and just block the entire track and I got like a huge gap. It was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. like Tom Boonin was really there. Yeah, Tom just Boonin like was it. killing it. So, guys, that was an awesome episode. I thought we covered a lot. I can't wait to be back next week with the start of professional bike racing and all types of good stuff. People can always email us at theslowride at gmail.com. Find us on our um, website, theslowridepodcast.com. You can also Facebook, just look, search Slowride, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. We have great new music. I'd like to thank BK1. Um, for the, the music off the album Radio Do Cannibal. And uh, with that, we'd like to bid you adieu. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, I think we're pretty uh, good. Yeah, sure. No, good. All I'm right, going to go to guys. Texas. Good luck finding some diamonds. Yeah, I don't think I'm finding diamonds. That That's muddy. It's t- it's hard work. I'm not Little guy. You missed okay, it. Just, you missed it. Don't. You missed the setup. God. Timmy, ask, ask, tell me good luck finding any diamonds. Hey, Spencer, good luck finding diamonds. Yeah, it's rough. Thank you. <sighs> diamonds so in the rough. Come on. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com. And on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.